This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Remember, it's, uh, it's 40 days since Easter, and we've been leading up to this day. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Anybody, did anybody know that? Raise your hand if you knew that. You know, I talked to uh, Dr. Christopher, who's homesick, and he said he was going to wear red. He was going to come and wear red. Would anybody else, have you ever heard about wearing red on Pentecost Sunday? Yeah, so uh, some of our, uh, what I call higher church, um, they uh, all wear red. And my, my good friend, who's a Lutheran pastor on campus, he talked about uh, wearing red. And, um, and so it's just symbolic of the Pentecost, of the fire of the Holy Spirit, coming down on the church and the birth of the church. So this is where we're at. We've been leading up to this. It says in Acts chapter 1, and, and this is Luke writing, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all these things Jesus began to do and teach, which we taught on, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. We did that the last few times, a few weeks. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, it's funny what they ask, right? He just said something, and, it, uh, and they asked something kind of totally different. He asked them, uh, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Remember last week we talked about, Jesus says, go and make disciples, Matthew 28. Uh, Emphatic on the making disciples. And so this is a continuation. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before the very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. We'll just pause there. You know, I had a title for my uh, sermon this morning. And... um, it may seem a little strange, but the title is, What If It Was Solara, or What If It Was Maya, or What If It Was Adeline, or What If It Was Lucia. Those girls were all born within months from each other here in our church, and so that's my title this morning. You know, one of the reasons the, the, whole, uh, the, reason the, the Holy Spirit comes to baptize and fill us is so that we can be his witnesses, and I, it's important as the church that we don't forget that. It's not so that we can somehow 
put a notch in our belt somehow that we've been filled with the Spirit, or we uh, speak in tongues, or, or we do this. And that the, the main reason is so that he can empower us to be his witness. And I find it, at least in my life, and I don't want to project my life onto your life, but I have a feeling that your life is not that much different than my life. But I have found that sometimes when I become indifferent to the things of the Lord, the things that he calls important and urgent, I have found myself sometimes thinking it's really maybe not that important, or he understands, or he'll be patient, and I just tend to become a little indifferent of the things the Lord wants to do. There was a, a, a story years ago, so I'm going to, it's not an exact story, uh, because I don't remember the details, I'm going by memory, but there was this mom who was at Tom Brown Park who um, was watching their three-year-old toddler son, and at the park before, it was this elaborate uh, park, there used to be a smaller park there, playground for the kids, and uh, she would let him go, and she kind of let him wander off, and she, and she would keep her eye on him, uh, but got a little distracted talking to another mom who happened to be there. And what she thought was seconds probably were minutes. And then when she finally came to and she looked in her peripheral vision, her son was gone. It's every parent's nightmare. You know what I'm talking about? The, the young boy was gone, and, and the, so the mom begins to a little bit frantic, cuts off the conversation, recognizes that she can't see her, her kid, and so she begins to go where she thought she saw him last, right by the swing set or, or something like that. And so she goes looking for him and can't find him. And so she starts looking under, you know, the playground and, and maybe around the trash can because he was small. And, and then she began to get a little bit more frantic. And there was other kids there. And there were other moms there. And something strange happened. I remember her telling the story is that she began to get really ex ex scared and uh, she started calling out for her son. I don't remember his name, but let's just call him Johnny. And she goes, Johnny, and she starts calling Johnny. But what, what started as calling out, she began to scream a little bit and just scared. And no Johnny came out. So she began to uh, elicit her friends or her or people that were there to help, to try to solicit their help. And so... Um, they didn't work. You know what they did? This is what, why it was in the story. They grabbed their kid, their own kid, and held on to them and just kind of stood there uh, in shock, and they kind of watched as their, their feet was, were cemented to the ground. Actually, I think the story was that some parents left because they thought maybe something nefarious was going on, so they were getting out of the scene. Mom gets frantic. She's starts calling the police, and uh, she's, you know, my son is gone, my son is gone, I'm at Tom Brown Park, and, um, and, as, and of course, the police were going to respond, and, and as she hung up, uh, out in the horizon was this young man. The boy had wandered out to hole one on, on uh, Tom Brown Park in the disc golf, and he brought her in, and of course, to her, you know, just her shock, she was so excited, she grabbed her son and held on to him. The reason that the story was in the newspaper in those days is because nobody came to help. They, they did what I think we all do naturally, is that we care for our own, and uh, as long as they had their own, they were okay. The reason I share this story is that it, it reminds me of why we are the 
call to be refilled in the Holy Spirit. Because I think naturally we want to do what comes natural to us, which is selfish. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean self-preserving. We, we want to preserve ourselves. And the Holy Spirit, and this is what I, I see in the, in the disciples prior to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is that they were walking in the natural. Fear, insecurity, uh, uh, denying Christ, all these things that they were, they were naturally those things. And I am naturally those things. When the Lord asked me to cut my hair, you know what I did? I ended up standing up in front of my group and I said, the Lord told me to cut my hair and I'm a coward by nature, so please hold me accountable, Kayafa students. It'll take me two weeks to muster up enough courage to cut my hair. And I stood up and I did it. Because I knew naturally, my natural disposition is cowardly. I could have probably convinced myself that it wasn't the Lord. It was somehow my subconscious. And, and I could have just, if I didn't hold myself accountable to anybody, I could have just backed away from what the Lord seriously spoke to me about. So I understand the disciples. I, I, it, they resonate with me. I resonate with them. I see myself in them. And again, I think you're no different than me that much. Probably resonates with you. So when this child came and she embraced uh, her child, um, you know, people were excited for her. But let me just tell you, the story just really impacted my life. Because we just want to protect our own. You see, when you're, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't just do what's natural. You do what's supernatural. You do the things that don't come naturally to you. So for those who are, are introverts, that's your natural disposition. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you do something that's supernatural besides the natural. And, you, you know, for moments, for a, a season, for a minute, God allows you to be something through the Holy Spirit that you are not naturally. And for you extroverts, maybe the Holy Spirit comes upon you and tells you, to, don't say anything, just be quiet, just sit quietly on the chair. You know, so there's those, the Holy Spirit will do those things to, to increase his, his kingdom, to help us, empower us to be something that we're not naturally uh, normally do. So I was thinking about that story and I'm thinking about God. You know, God has, uh, God has lots of lost lambs that are lost, and he's calling out to reunite with his children, to, to reunite with his creation, and he's calling out for help. This is the way he chooses. He chooses to, to call out on you and me to begin to be that voice, that person who will go search and find the lost lambs of God. But we naturally will say, I don't know, I'm afraid to share the gospel. I'm afraid to do this. I don't have time. That's really our biggest thing here in, in the West. And, and I would say in America, because that's one thing I could really uh, anecdotally see, is that we don't have time. I got to take care of my own. I don't have time for somebody else's kids. 
I don't have time to go search out some lost lamb of God. I, I, I just don't have the time. And I'm believing that God, through the Holy Spirit, will begin to pour himself on you and me and begin to rearrange things that aren't, aren't natural, but they are supernatural. And so there are lost souls, lost children who should be reunited with their parents. Our Heavenly Father. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what it does? It makes you selfless. It makes you courageous. The Holy Spirit will make you a courageous person. We can see that in the disciples' life, and we, you know, we're, we're not going to read the rest of Acts this week, uh, uh, this, today. But if you read it, you'll see that something changed in their lives. Something changed, and it was the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They, they became people, men and women, who were supernatural. The Holy Spirit empower, empowers us to do his will. Remember, I think it was last week we talked about, we already know what his will is, is to go and make disciples. What I have found that when I am not in the business of going and make his disciples, it's because I have somehow lost sight of the purpose that I'm here for, and I have lost, and I need a, a refilling, an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because my natural inclination is to be concerned about myself. And so this morning, I want to challenge us as a church. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he will help us to see the big picture. He helps us to see what's important. That's what I love about being grandparents. It help, I'm telling you, how I see kids is not the way I saw when I was your age, Eric, or Ross, or Derek. I, and I know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not projecting my life into yours, but what, now that I step back, I realize, wow, I, I needed to chill out a lot more. I was so up, wound up so tight. My little grandson one time, uh, when he was, I left, him, I left him in my car for a brief moment, and he, I, I don't know if I shared the story, but he took quarters out of my cup holder and begin to shove him into my CD player. And you know what my first reaction was? Because <laughs> I'm sure I was filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment. It's like, this kid's a genius. He knew how to take that little round coin and slide it in. Who taught him how to put it in the CD slot? If I was in my early 30s, late 20s, uh, my child and probably would I would have spanked them. But why? You know, so the Holy Spirit allowed me, as, as I've gotten older, to see a broader picture, a bigger picture. He helps me to see what's important. He helps me to have the desire to find lost children. He helps me to look outside these doors and say, okay, that person is lost. Not a bum, not a homeless man. But lost. I see Cecil here. You know, we see international students. They're not just, 
they're not just weird different. They look different. They dress different. No, they are lost souls. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you see that. When it's been depleted, you don't see it. It's a nuisance. It's time consumption. I don't have time for that. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what you do? You end up forgiving your mom and dad. Or your brother and sister. I just came back from a conference and I ran into an old friend. Her family was a godly family. Raised in the church. Loved Jesus. They all grew up and got married. And now half of them are not talking to each other. They've allowed unforgiveness to come in. And that's what we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Help me to forgive the unforgivable. Lord, you've forgiven me. Help me to have a broader picture. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can forgive the unforgivable. It helps me to pray. Who's got time to pray? If I think to myself, I don't have time to pray, it's a a sign that I need the filling of the Holy Spirit to help me. To help me. He's a helpmate. We need the Holy Spirit so the songs that we sing every Sunday aren't lies. But we're singing truths through the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, brothers and sisters, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts begin to, to manifest themselves in the body of Christ. Two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I don't know when it was, but I asked the church, please, please allow the Holy Spirit to use you in your gifts. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you in the gifts that he's given you. This is not a one-man show. I have a gift, but I don't have all the gifts that God has given you and, and your strengths. Well, Pastor, I'm I'm scared. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you with courage. I'm not sure if I actually have the gift. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, to ask for help. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know that at one time we were all unbelievers. You were somehow drawn away to worship statues of gods that couldn't even speak. I would say the reason you worship some fake idol is because you're being selfish. You want something out of that. So I want you to know that no one who's speaking with the help of God's Spirit says, may Jesus be cursed. And without the help of the Holy Spirit, no one can say, Jesus is Lord. There are different kinds of gifts, but they're all given to the believers by the same Spirit, capital S, There are different ways to serve, but they all come from the same Lord. There are different ways the Spirit works, but the same God is working in all the ways, in all people. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. That is for the good of all. You see see that? Not for the good of one, but the good of all. God has gifted you for the good of all. To some people, the Spirit gives a message of wisdom. 
To others, the Spirit, same Spirit gives the message of knowledge. To others, the same Spirit gives faith. To others, that one Spirit gives the gift of healing. To others, he gives the power to do miracles. To others, he gives the ability to prophesy. It's been a while since we've heard the gift of prophecy here. To others, he gives the ability to tell the spirits apart. To others, he gives the ability to speak in different kinds of languages they had not known before. And to still others, he gives the ability to explain what was said in those languages. All the gifts are produced by one and the same Spirit, capital S. He gives gifts to each person just as he decides. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is selfless. Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. If you find yourself like, maybe I'm not really acting out on those things, the Holy Spirit is here to help you, to fill you with his powerful presence. If you lack love, the Holy Spirit is here to fill you. Joy. I am telling you, if the church, not just Mosaic Church, but the church, if we begin to live out and be filled, live out the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, I am telling you, that would be a magnet to those around us because guess what's going on around in the world right now? There's not a lot of joy. Not a lot of, uh, not a, a lot of true love. Forbearance? Out the window. Peace? You, you see what's going on. Kindness? Did you, did you hear I feel bad for the Calvary Chapel Church, but it could have been any church. But it was very sad. Did you hear about the California drive-by yesterday? A mom, many of you ages moms, driving around in Los Angeles, and a car cuts her off. And I don't know why they put it, but she goes to Calvary Chapel in California, whatever city it was. Turns out she gets so mad, she flips the driver, a bird, that driver reaches out with a gun and shoots into the car. She thought, no harm, no foul. And next thing you know, her little six-year-old boy, she was taken to school, says, Mommy, my stomach hurts. This happened yesterday. Uh, it was in the paper yesterday. I think it happened a couple months prior. He died. He died as they got to uh, the hospital. Our world is in desperate need of kindness, forbearance, forbearance. Forbearance is not, don't get so annoyed so easy. You know, somebody cuts you off, all right, you lost 10 seconds of your life. Goodness, faithfulness. Now, I might as well just say it since, uh, you know, Pastor Todd, I'm glad you're here. I don't know, as you get older, did you find yourself getting a little bit more bolder? You're like, okay, you know, I got nothing to lose. 
Let me just tell you something. Be faithful to your spouses, all right? Now, I know there are some really bad situations. And some of it are out of your control. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. All right? I know everything around here is is easy peasy. Be faithful. Faithful. Husbands, I still have a hard time believing this. And I just, I think we're exempt. I'm just naive. And I'm sure we're exempt. But men, they tell us that 50% of evangelical men addicted to porn. Not the world, evangelical men. The Lord can help us. The Lord can help you. So the filled with the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So when I find myself needing in these areas or becoming indifferent, like maybe right now you're like, okay, that's a good, that's a good message, Pastor, but I'm not going to do anything about it. That's a a sign that there's indifference, a spirit of indifference. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill you and empower you to be everything that God has destined and designed for you to be. He has the bigger picture. He can see your future. And he can see how you can impact someone's life for his glory, because he's, he's got a bunch of lost lambs out there. And God wants to use us. He's calling for us. And as we talked about last week, it's hard to, to make disciples and to witness to those who, who are lost. And we tell them, hey, I want to talk to you about this peace when we're not living peaceful lives or joyful lives or, you know, we're not, we're not living out in forbearance and forgiveness. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, and I'm almost through here, don't be drunk with wine but because, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a continual refilling. And when they had prayed in Acts 4, 31, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the words of God with boldness. You see? Natural was unboldness. Holy Spirit made them courageous boldness. Acts 13, 52. And the disciples were continually filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, um, we're going to transition here. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.